Hey man, is that the Rock News Weekly Podcast? Yeah man, well turn it up man! This is Rock News Weekly. Every week we bring you all the latest headlines in rock, metal, indie, grunge, alt, and classic rock news. This week's new releases, this week in music history trivia, movies, pop culture, and more. Follow us on all social media platforms at Rock News Weekly for our quick one-minute weekly update videos. And please give the episode a five-star rating if you enjoy the episode. Now on to this week's episode. Hey guys, it's time for another episode of Rock News Weekly this week, January 22nd, 2021, Season 3, Episode number 3. We got lots to talk about, including Def Leppard's Rick Allen putting on that charity live stream this weekend with a bunch of special musical guests. We'll let you know who's going to be participating in that. Bob Rock selling the rights to Metallica's Black Album. Why did he do that? What's up with that? We'll let you know in just a bit. Early Radiohead demo tape is going to be hitting the auction block with three unreleased songs that have never been heard before, uh, never been released. Well, they've obviously been heard by somebody, right? But uh, not very many people, so that's kind of cool. Pearl Jam tribute band hit with a surprising cease and desist letter from Pearl Jam themselves. We'll let you know about that. Plus, this week's new releases, weekly WTF, this week in music history trivia. Got a couple good ones for you this week. And and more some new releases for you this week that are out today the 22nd of january 2021 we got a new one from kiwi jr great band i'm actually going to be uh, playing one of their tracks on the garage rock show which is on 105.7 fm the bear make sure you tune in this saturday from 6 to 7 uh, p.m pacific standard time you can stream it at 1057thebear.com if you want to hear that band kiwi jr they're pretty cool they got a new album called cooler returns which is really uh, a good album i recommend it also, some new stuff out from Steve Hackett, Rye, Tristan, T-R-Z-T-N, uh, and more. So check that out. New releases this week. Speaking of new releases, Weezer just announcing that they're going to be releasing a new album later this month. It's called OK Human, coming out January 29th. According to a press release, Rivers Cuomo wrote all the songs at a piano during the pandemic. The project sound references one of his childhood influences, the Beach Boys Pet Sounds, and the title is a cheeky nod to Radiohead's techno-futuripic OK uh, Computer. Excuse me. The band's masked recording of OK Human continued through the summer along with a 38-piece orchestra. Wow, that's interesting. Reza uh, released a new single yesterday called All My Favorite Songs. It's going to be off of that album. And they are scheduled to do tour stadiums this summer with Green Day and Fall Out Boy. The Hella Mega Stadium Tour, you remember that was supposed to happen last year. They're saying that it's going to continue this summer uh, in, Ju- in July, uh, July 14th in Seattle. I don't know. I'd say that's pretty um, positive or uh, wishful thinking that we're going to be doing stadium tours by that time and that people are going to want to go to those events. But I don't know. We'll have to see, right? Uh, some virtual shows happening this weekend, as I mentioned. Def Leppard drummer um, Rick Allen and his wife, musician Lauren Monroe, are going to be hosting this event Tomorrow night, it's called the Big Love Benefit Concert on January 23rd to raise money for the Sweet Relief Musicians Fund. Here's the musicians that are participating in it. Poison's Brett Michaels, Billy Idol, Tommy Shaw from Styx, the Almond Betts Band, Winona Judd, GNR drummer Matt Sorum, Miles Kennedy, and also appearing in non-musical capacity will be Sammy Hagar and Chicago. All proceeds from the show will benefit the Sweet Relief via Allen & Monroe's Raven Drum Foundation Project. Uh, it provides financial assistance to music, music industry professionals who are out of work due to COVID-19. Pretty cool. That's happening tomorrow. Um, look it up, of course, on Def Leppard's social media or just Google Big Love Benefit Concert that's happening tomorrow. 
Uh, some big rock news this week was Metallica producer Bob Rock making the announcement that he sold the rights to the Black Album, and that's pretty crazy because it's sold over 31 million units globally, and Bob Rock has earned a royalty on every copy sold. I wonder what his royalty is. Something like maybe close to a dollar, I would imagine, but you can do the math on that. So he also sold some songs that he produced for singer Michael Bublé, as well as the Metallica rights, to a firm owned by Merck Mercuriatis. Um, I don't know who this guy is, but he's apparently a big, big dude. He said in a statement, quote, I put my heart and soul into these recordings. I know how much Merck loves music, so it was an easy deal to put together. This guy, Merck Mercuriatis, said, quote, The breadth of Bob Rock's enormous successes are almost impossible to match by any creator in the history of music. From Metallica's most famous Black Album to Michael Bublé's Christmas, he has produced some of the biggest albums of all time that continue to be evergreen year in and year out. Uh, so there you go. And, uh, you know, that's a, that's a big sale. I wonder how much he sold that for. There's no, uh, no amount here on the story, but I imagine it's a pretty penny. Uh, Radiohead early high school demo is up for auction. Prior to being known as Radiohead, the band went by on a Friday because that's when they got together to practice when they were students in Abington, Oxfordshire at the time. One of their old demo tapes has now made it to the auction block. Bidding on the cassette begins January 26th. You can look it up on Omega Auctions. According to the BBC, the cassette features handwritten notes and a label designed by Tom York. There are six songs on the tape and three have never been previously released. The cassette is expected to go for upwards of $1,600. The seller is anonymous, but reportedly a friend of the band who received the tape from one of its members in the early 90s. And speaking of the 90s, Pearl Jam, in kind of hot water and in bad light in this press story, as a Pearl Jam tribute band changes its name after receiving a cease and and desist letter from Pearl Jam themselves. They were formerly known as Pearl Jam, spelled with two M's. They have changed their name now to Legal Jam after the Seattle-based band issued a cease and desist. The real Pearl Jam accused the UK-based tribute band of damaging the Pearl Jam brand and causing confusion. Uh, So this is funny. They said in part in a statement, quote, we are proud to announce our new name, Legal Jam, which we thought would be fitting and under we will continue to perform the music of Pearl Jam in the most heartfelt and authentic way. We look forward to reconnecting with our fans who have been supportive through this, as well as welcoming the new fans who have joined us over the last week as soon as we are back on the road, end quote. So pretty funny of these guys to take this kind of, you know, situation with Pearl Jam sending them the cease and desist. They made a big old... Uh, media thing about it they changed their name to legal jam that's pretty funny i gotta say tip of the hat to those guys in the uk for doing that and uh if anything it's just going to make them more popular and make them more money so pearl jam should have known that might backfire when they do those kind of things right all right some more rock news the trailer for search tankian's truth to power documentary search tankian lead singer from system of a down is doing this documentary called truth to power and the film's director garen hovnanison said in a statement quote With oscilloscope, laboratories and producers, and Live Nation at our back, the music and message of our film can now touch the hearts and minds of audiences across the world, inspiring all of us to speak and bring truth to power. Uh, The documentary focuses on the way Serge Tankian built awareness around the Armenian Revolution of 2018. It's due out February 19th, so check that out. Chevelle racking up some more gold and platinum this month. They got RIAA certification of five of their singles this month from Jars, I Get It, Face to the Floor, and others. And they also received other multiple platinum gold certifications, including their 2002 album Wonder What's Left and 2004's This Type of Thinking. Uh, So it just goes to show sometimes that stuff takes a a long time, 15, 20 years. 
before you get certified, but well-deserved for Chevelle. Um, all right, some more rock news. Gilby Clark explaining why he's not playing with Guns N' Roses. Guns N' Roses seem to be firing on all cylinders. Everything's going good. And, uh, you know, Gilby Clark used to be in the band. So uh, Blabbermouth transcri- transcribed Clark's explanation during his recent appearance on the SDR show, and he said, quote, They didn't ask me to join the band. They asked me to come out and do a guest appearance with the band. And it just happened to be the day I was in Chicago with my daughter. Her band was playing Lollapalooza, and I'm actually her roadie. I don't think anybody would know how to tune the guitar if I wasn't there. Just kidding, but yeah, it was bad timing. I just said, look, I think it's a great idea. I'm up for it. I just can't do it today. And they literally asked me that day, and I never heard back from them after I said that. End quote. So kind of crazy. Guns N' Roses is like, hey, you want to play a show with us today? And... He had something to do with his daughter, and he was already at a show, and that sounds like a very reasonable, you know, hey, man, I'm here with my daughter, and it's a little more important, and now the guys in Guns uh, maybe just like, oh, he didn't want to play, so screw him, so kind of a bummer, bummer man. Gilby Clark would have been really cool to see on that stage. Um, all right, this is an interesting story that came out this week from Korn. When it came to choosing a band, uh, a name for their band, Korn considered actually being called Larry. That's right, just Larry. That was the name of their manager at the time, who told them they could not call their band Corn. So Jonathan Davis explained the whole story to Revolver Magazine this week. He said, quote, uh, well, we're going to name it Larry then. And he's like, fuck you. And I'm like, "I'm gonna, it's either going to be Larry or Corn. You fucking pick. And that was the argument they had. So, like, he was going to name it after the manager. The manager didn't want to name it Corn. Pretty funny. Once they decided on the name, Davis said the logo came out when he grabbed a crayon and wrote Corn with his left hand. He credits them getting their record deal due to the number of stickers with their logo that they stuck all over town to impress the record executives. Hilarious. So that was that was marketing in the 90s, man. That's the way it was, right? Uh, some more rock news, kind of, as we finish up our rock news for the week. Dave Mustaine from Megadeth earned his purple belt in jiu-jitsu at 59 years old and a cancer survivor. I just thought that was pretty awesome. He also holds black belts in taekwondo and karate. So Dave Mustaine is badass. Don't mess around. He's going to kick your ass. All right, some rock birthdays this week. Jonathan Davis from Corn, 50 years old this week. Rod Evans from Deep Purple, turning 74. Paul Stanley from Kiss, 69. Ian Hill from Judas Priest, the bass player, from 69. Tracy Guns from LA Guns, 55. Steve Perry from Journey, 72. Steve Adler, drummer from GNR, 56 this week. Robin Zander from Cheap Trick, turning 68. Uh, This week in music history trivia, I thought this was a hilarious story, kind of a crazy story. Uh, No trivia on this. We'll get to the trivia in just a second. But on this week in 1982, while performing at the Veterans Memorial Auditorium in Des Moines, Iowa, Ozzy bites the head off of a bat. After infamously biting the heads off of two live doves during a meeting with record executives one year prior, Osborne already had a reputation as a nibbler of repulsive things. In this particular case, though, however, he isn't looking to cause any controversy. Plastic bats have been tossed on stage at Osborne shows many times. When Ozzy sees another fly up there on this night, he assumes it's fake. He is wrong. Osborne bites the animal's head clean off. He's rushed to the hospital for rabies shots. Osborne insists the bat was not only alive, but it bit him. Rolling Stone's report of the event also claims the animal was alive. But here's the deal. Years later, Mark Neal, this guy, said he was 17 years old at the time. He told the Des Moines Register uh, about the concert and about the experience. He said he was the one who threw that bat on stage. And according to Neal, the animal was dead when he did so, close to rancid. It was like an old, decrepit, dying bat that he found somewhere. And alive or dead, the bat becomes, you know, a huge piece of Ozzy's legacy. He had to get rabies shots. Uh, they're selling Ozzy, you know, bats on his 
website now. It's just funny. On this day in 1982, that's when it actually happened when he bit the head off the bat. All right. So let's move on to some trivia now. On this week in 1986, the first annual Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction ceremony is held in Cleveland. Who below was not inducted on the very first Rock and Roll Hall of Fame? Was it A, Elvis Presley, B, James Brown, or C, Jimi Hendrix? Who was not inducted on the initial event? It was Jimi Hendrix. He was not inducted until six years later in 1992. In 1986, the first Rock and Roll Hall of Fame induction class was Chuck Berry, James Brown, Ray Charles, Sam Cooke, Fats Domino, the Everly Brothers, Buddy Holly, Jerry Lee Lewis, Little Richard, and Elvis Presley. Uh, All right, some more trivia for you. This week in Music History Trivia, 1985, kind of a dark moment in this musician's life. This musician was arrested in San Francisco's Golden Gate Park while freebasing cocaine in his car. He's ordered into a rehab program and agrees to play a benefit show. Who was it? Was it A, David Crosby, B, Jerry Garcia, or C, Stevie Ray Vaughan? I'll give you a hint. The car was a convertible, and that's how he got caught by the police officer. It was Jerry Garcia, Grateful Dead singer-guitarist, arrested on this, well, this week, I think it was actually yesterday in 1985, while freebasing cocaine in his car, he's ordered to a rehab program and agrees to play a benefit show for the Hate Ashbury Free Food Program. Dark time in Jerry's life, but he turned it around after that for a number of years in the late 80s when he got out of rehab and he was doing good. 87 was one of the best years for the, for the dead as far as touring and stuff. So anyway, all right, some movie TV entertainment news this week. Dustin Diamond from Saved by the Bell completes his first round of chemo for stage four cancer. I don't know if you guys have heard about this, but he has stage four small cell carcinoma, which is metastasized in his lungs. He's scheduling a second round soon and planning to begin physical therapy. He's actually not in that Saved by, by, the, by the Bell reboot. He was one of the ones that was actually adamantly against it. Uh, but all of his ca- cast members have been sending him well wishes and speedy recovery, Dustin Diamond, uh, if you're listening. News from around the world. Uh, Charles Branson, uh, or excuse Charles Branson, Richard Branson's Virgin Orbit reached space in a test off the coast of Southern California on Sunday this past week on its second try eight months after the first demonstration flight failed. The Launcher 1 rocket was released from underneath the wing of a Boeing 747, ignited, flew up into space, uh, and apparently after reaching orbit, the rocket deployed a group of very small satellites called CubeSats that were developed as a part of NASA educational program involving U.S. universities. So there you go. Some good news this week. I thought this was cool that the inauguration ceremony honored Joe Biden's shelter dog, Major. It was the very first ever inauguration ceremony, and the German Shepherd that uh, President-elect Joe Biden and his family adopted from the DHA in 2018, his name is Major. He is the first shelter dog to live in the White House, and I just thought that was worth mentioning. Very cool. I'm a shelter dog. Uh, person myself and i just think that's really cool that especially up in the highest example uh we have in the land that uh president biden's got a shelter dog in there and not a you know a, a special breed a designer dog if you will so i thought that was really cool uh weekly wtf this week two more stories and then we're done guys california man allegedly lived in an airport for months because he was afraid to fly That's right. This California man they found inside the O'Hare International uh, Airport in Chicago. Apparently, he's been living there for three months since October. The judge in the case on Sunday reportedly appeared bewildered and asked how someone could live in an airport for such a long time. 
Prosecutors say this guy's name, uh, Aditya Singh, was found out by employees for United Airlines, and he allegedly had identification card that was lost by an airport employee. He was charged with felony criminal trespass. The whole story sounds so weird, and it's just a sign of the times, man. Some dude just living in the airport for three months because he didn't want to fly. He was afraid of COVID and this and that, right? Crazy, man. Okay, last story of the week, Hot Pockets. If you guys got Hot Pockets that say best before February 22nd, or excuse me, February 2022, uh, if you have pepperoni pizza Hot Pockets from Hot Pockets that say best before Feb 2022 date, uh, throw them out because apparently this lot contains pieces of glass and hard plastic. They've only found four reports nationwide, but still it's enough for a recall. So um, pieces of glass and hard plastic in Hot Pockets, that sounds horrible. Especially if you were to like cook, that, cook, cook it in the microwave and then you're cooking the plastic. Oh my God, horrible. So uh, be aware, guys. Throw those pepperoni pizza hot, hot Pockets out. Be on the safe side. That does it for us this week on the Rock News Weekly Podcast, guys. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at Rock News Weekly. Check out photos from our interviews. All of our links are up on nine different platforms at rocknewsweekly.com. If you enjoyed our episode, please rate our podcast in the Apple and Google stores. Tell a friend, someone you know that listens to rock music that would enjoy these weekly updates. We do appreciate it, guys. Give us a like and a follow for our videos every week on our Instagram. And I will see you guys next week. Have a good one. Peace.